if you start thinking like a steward instead of an owner, it'll change your whole life. When you start thinking that, that the money that you have is really God's money, the clothes you wear is God's clothes, the car you have, the house you live in, everything belongs to God. When you start thinking that way, it changes everything. And it, it, I think it makes life more fun. Because it, it's not just, I mean, I think we get locked up on cash too much. We think about money so much. But really, it's our time. It, it is our money, obviously. But it's also our time. It's, it's the, the things that we plan to do. It's everything of our lives. And if you think about the parable of the talents that Jesus taught, you know, where he gave one servant one and one servant five and one servant ten, and they went and, and managed his money. They were supposed to manage. They were, these weren't just slaves. These were trusted servants. These were people that, God, that the master trusted to give his wealth to to say, you guys take care of this while I'm gone. And that's what we are. God entrusts us to be his managers. He says, I'm giving, everything you have is mine. Your job is to take good care of it. Your job is to invest it. And obviously God doesn't need cash. I mean, we're supposed to be wise with money, but what God really wants is to see lives changed. So he's saying, I'm giving you everything that you have, I've given you. And some people he's given more than others. But everything you have, I've given you so that you can invest it into changing the world, into bringing people into the kingdom, into helping the poor and the needy and the widows and all that kind of. So all those times that Jesus said, "Take care of these people and take care of the prisoners," and that, that's He's saying, "Everything I've given you is for that. Everything." And so everything that we own is, and, and in fact, everything we don't own—the the world around us, the air, the grass, the you know, all of this stuff—we're put in charge of as stewards and. So the whole world and everything in it belongs to God. We belong to God. All of it is God's property. We don't own any of it. Psalm 24.1 is part of our scripture. It says, The Lord owns the earth and all it contains, the world and all who live in it. So we just get to use it for a short time. We get to borrow it for a little bit and, and put it to use as long as we live on the planet. So we are stewards of everything. And God not only expects us to take good care of His property and to manage it well, He's looking for a return on His investment. Just like the master who gave the talents to his servants and went away. And the one who just buried it in the ground and didn't do anything, he got kicked out. He says, that's not what I want. I've trusted you to, to give me a return. And since you know God has absolutely zero need for money, so the return He's looking for is souls saved, lives transformed. And that's what He wants. And so he's given his all to save us. The, the scripture they brought up where it says Jesus became poor so that we might become rich. God gave everything so that our lives could be transformed. And he says, that's your model. Now you go out and do the same thing. And, and, and in his wisdom, you know, God could do this without us. He doesn't need us. He could do it all by himself. But in, his, in God's wisdom, he said, I want you to take over. I'm going and I want you to take over and manage this and, and, and take the message of saving grace to the world, to your local community, to, to the ends of the earth. And, and, and Jesus chose us to be His trusted servants. I don't know how often you think about that. That's, a, that's an incredible thought. Jesus chose us, you and me, to be His trusted servants. That's a, that's a high calling. That's an impressive charge that we've been given so how are you doing with what god has entrusted you with how are you managing everything god's given you your money your your time your property how are you taking care of it for the kingdom gallup the the people who do polls about everything they did a worldwide poll 
trying to find the happiest people in the world. And oddly enough, they found some of the happiest people were some of the poorest. It was the, it was the, the happiest people were in South, some of the South American countries. And, and they found that, that it was, wasn't just that they were poor that made them happy because there's plenty of poor countries where people aren't happy. But it was that they had a worldview that said happiness is not found in material goods. That it's not what we own that makes us happy. And it's much different than America. In America, the, the worldview is what you have is what makes you happy. The more you get, the happier you'll be. And you'll find that really doesn't work. There's a lot of very unhappy people who have a lot of stuff. But these, some of these small South American countries that really didn't have a lot, they had this historically held worldview that, that says life is too short to depend on money and possessions to, to control your happiness. To, to bring you well-being. Our culture spends billions of dollars every year trying to buy joy, trying to buy happiness, even though everybody knows you can't really, but we, we don't stop trying, even though we know it's not the truth. And so we, we spend our whole lives getting messages. We're bombarded by the media, all the media, saying you've got to get more, you've got to consume in order to find happiness. Consume, 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 and that's what will make you happy. And but when it comes down to it, you can't buy happiness. The things of this world can't change your emotional well-being. If if the if the and if the writings of King Solomon aren't enough, you know, you go through King Solomon and he says it's all vanity, vanity, vanity. I've tried everything that there is to try, and it's all just a waste of time. And, and if you and if and if that's not enough for you, then look at our pop culture. Look at the number of rich and famous people, movie stars, music stars, who had it all, according to the American standard, who killed themselves, who, who drank and drugged themselves to death because their money and their riches and their power and their fame didn't bring them happiness. What kind of things do you invest your time and energy into? What are you pouring your life's work into? Your, your, your heart and soul, your money, your time, your possessions? Or, or are you... Are, are you are you squandering it all on temporary goods? Everything in the world is temporary. Is that all your money going towards the temporary? Or are you actually building an eternal treasure? Are you investing into transforming lives and bringing more people into the kingdom and sharing the grace of God with the rest of the world? Are you working to build the wealth of your master to return, give him a return on his investment by helping to save the lives of the lost and by serving the poor and taking care of the people who can't take care of themselves and turning the world upside down like the disciples did. What, and what really makes you happy? When you think about all the different things you've tried to do, what really brings you joy? Have you, have you ever had true joy? Do you enjoy giving and do you enjoy helping? If you don't, if you don't enjoy giving and if you don't enjoy helping, then you, you either aren't doing it or you're doing something wrong. Because every time... I give, and every time I've talked to other people who do this out of their heart, it's it's a happy thing, it's a joyful thing, it's a, it's an exciting thing that they want to repeat. That, that if you if you give, why do you give? If you spend your time helping and spend your money on you know giving to the church or missionaries or helping out Al, those kinds of the the, the Rockford area pregnancy center, if you do that, why do you do that? Because you can't buy the grace of God. And you can't buy your way into heaven. You can't buy your way out of hell. You, you can't influence God with money. 
So with that in mind, why do you give? What's the purpose? And, and you might think I'm stupid, like I'm trying to talk you out of giving, but the, the truth, you know, we're, we're a ministry. We're, we're a little church in the middle of a bad economy who depends on your generosity. Ow! Depends on your generosity. The, the Rockford Area Pregnancy Care Center depends on your gen- All the missionaries who come here and speak, they all depend on people choosing to give. And, and so it would be silly for us to try to talk you out of it, but if you're not giving joyfully, then it doesn't help you. And part of giving is meant not just to help the people you're giving to, but to help you too. And so why do you give? If, if you're only giving out of guilt, then you aren't helped. If you're only giving because you think it'll get you into heaven, you think you'll buy God's good graces, you're, that's not working. So it's not going to do you any good. Don't get me wrong. I think every Christian should be giving. I think we should all be giving to our, our church. I think we should all be supporting missionaries. I think we should all be doing these things, you know, giving money to the, what will help grow the kingdom and advance, change lives and those kinds of things. That's not only, that's biblical, but it's also, you know, given to church or given to the missionaries that come here and given to Al, it's about the easiest way possible to help a lot of other people with one simple gift. And, but there needs to be joy in it. There has to be joy in it. In, in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, it says, Each one of you should give just as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, because God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace overflow to you so that because you have enough of everything in every way at all times, you will overflow in every good work. So there is a connection between grace and giving and God wants to fill us up and and everything God gives us is so that we can overflow You know, the same way that He says, I'm overflowing unto you so that you can overflow unto others. We have a sister, not we, my old church had a sister church in Kenya that we kind of helped get going. And when they give, when they pass, they don't pass the plate. When it comes time for their offering, the people, the the family comes up, and they they give they they give their money because they don't you know they're poor people live in Africa, so it's a big deal to be able to donate money, and so they give their money, and the church says this family was able to give this much this week, and everybody ch- clears cheers and claps and everything you know it's hooray we're able to give to God and and it, it's an exciting thing, wouldn't that change giving in America if that's what we did? That the family comes up and says, we're giving this and we're so glad and everybody's cheerful. And, and it's, I, have, I, I have four other jobs outside the church. I work my tail off. I don't remember the last time I've had a vacation. But if you look at the pie chart of our monthly giving on a standard month, giving is the biggest piece of the pie. And, 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 and believe me, if there wasn't joy in it, we wouldn't be doing it because that's financially stupid. But there's... A spiritual aspect to it, and it's a and it's a fun thing. I can think of plenty of other ways to spend that money, but I also believe that God has blessed us immensely because we're choosing to be stewards rather than owners. We're choosing to manage God's money instead of just take care of ourselves. And, and I'm not trying to show off or anything like that. I don't want you to think of me as you know something special, but I do want you to know that giving is a blessing. It's meant to be a blessing to you, not just to, obviously to the people that you give to, but it's supposed to be a blessing to you. And God, he, obviously, He takes care of all of our needs. None of us in here is starving to death. We've all got clothes to wear. We've all got a place to sleep at night. And, and, and so God takes care of us, and He's blessed my family in so many ways. 
And in the same way that He blesses us out of, out of His joy, out of His kindness, out of His overabundance of riches and grace, He gives us. In the same way, I want to be a blessing to God. I want to be a blessing to God by blessing other people. Because remember, Jesus said, whatever you do to the least of these, my brethren, you do, you do to me. I want to bless God by, by giving what He's given. Because I can't buy God. I can't give Him anything back. But I can give to Him by giving to other people. I can give to Him by supporting other missionaries and supporting this church and supporting you know, all the things that I believe that will expand the kingdom of God. And, and so when, when we choose to live as stewards and think that way of thinking, it totally it changes your world completely and it makes it a fun thing to do. Uh, you know, of course, our tithe goes to the church, but then we've got almost a dozen, my family has almost a dozen other missionaries and ministries that we help support. And that's an exciting thing to think about. We've had a number of compassion children. You've heard of compassion. We've had compassion children over the years who write us letters and we wrote letters too. And, and it's just so fun to hear what they're doing and how they're growing and how, the, you know, how they're able to use... You know, If you send them a $20 Christmas gift, the things that they can buy with 20 bucks is amazing. You know, They buy all these clothes and I bought some chickens and I bought, you know, my, took my family to eat and it's just amazing how they can use money. And... and you know, we've, my family has fought against child slavery around the world. My family has, has fought against human trafficking and, and, and we've rescued women out of forced prostitution. and We've rescued young children out of warfare, you know, that they were kidnapped and forced to be in an army. We've rescued those kids out of that. We've provided food and medicine and clothes and, and all sorts of things and education to people all around the world. My family has helped people in Rockford break drug and alcohol addictions and to, and to get new jobs and to find ways to support themselves. My family has helped to spread the gospel around the world. It's, it's exciting to know that when you give the work that your money does, when you, when you support a missionary who goes out and preaches the gospel on a campus or somewhere around the world, that's what you're doing. Because I work to earn that money and then I help support those, those missionaries or I help support what the church is doing and I'm doing that. And it's just so fun and it's exciting to be a vicarious person to change the world. I mean, obviously it's, it's exciting to go and talk to somebody and see their lives change personally. But to know that I can also support people all around the world and support this church and support local missions, I mean, that's a fun thing. That's, an exci- that's the way it's supposed to be. To, to actually be a part of it. Of course, the Bible tells us to give. I mean, there's an instruction that says, you know, we ought to feel motivated simply because God says to do it. And we all say, Lord, you said to do it. I'll do it. But why do you think God tells you to give? Do you think that He, he needs your cash? Do you think that, don't you think that He could do all the things that He wants to do without any help from us? God could work fine if I wasn't in the picture. So why does He ask me to do it? Why does He ask you to do it? Why does He ask us to get involved? God wants us to learn and to grow and to be blessed through our giving. He wants us to get the the benefits of it, to become new kind of people through our obedience. He wants us to become like Him. And He's a giver. So He says, you give so you can realize what it's like to live in grace. He wants generosity to be a part of who we are because it's a part of who He is. And, and, and because it not only helps other people, but it makes our lives better. It makes our lives more enjoyable. And you can't buy happiness. You can't buy happiness. But you can find it in giving. It's a crazy way to, 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 to see it, but you can find happiness in giving away money. 
in giving away your time. And, and, and God doesn't want you to give only because you ought to. Obviously you ought to, but that ought not be your only motivation. He wants you to know that it really is a joy-filled opportunity. A chance to increase, to compound joy, like compound interest. To compound your joy and help it to grow and help it to increase and help it to overflow unto other people. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. That's a command. To rejoice. God wants us to rejoice in Him. He wants our lives to be filled with joy. He wants, us to, he wants to pour out blessings on us so that they can pour out of us onto other people. And, and, and so what we ought to see in all of that is that Christ's commands are meant to, to bring about all those good things in our lives, to bring about rejoicing, to bring about blessing people. Christ commands us so that we can have better lives. When He says to give, it's not so that your life is worse. It's so that your life can be better. When He says to do the things He says to do, it's so that our lives can be better and, 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 and other people's lives can be better. Of course, we need to be wise with God's money. Obviously, we need to think about what we're doing and think about who we're giving to and think about how we're mon- managing God's money. We ought to think, you know, you go to buy a shirt at the store, you ought to think, which shirt does God want me to give and why? What car does God want me to give? When I give this money, what ministry does God want me to support? You, you know, you ought to think these things through. And in prayer, you know, whether you're giving loose change to a bell ringer, you know, the Salvation Army, or you're giving thousands of dollars to a church, all those decisions ought to be thoughtful and wise and shrewd and, and, and generous and think, I want to serve God because everything He's given me is to serve Him. So how can I do it best with what He's given me? and to make those decisions prayerfully and, and, and with, with wisdom. So ask God what He wants you to give and, and, and do it. And if you, you know, you're like a manager calling to the, to the owner saying, what do you want me to do with this? You say, God, what do you want me to do with this? And, and He'll tell you. And if you're unsure, if, you're, if your answer is unclear, then follow God's example in the Bible. God was willing to give His own Son so that we could be saved. And he says if he was willing to give his own son, how much more willing will he give us how much more willing will he be give to us everything else that we need? If he was willing to give his own son, how much more willing will he give us everything else? Think that way. If if God was willing to give us everything, then we should be willing to give God everything. So think like a steward. Don't think like an owner. Think like a steward. All this stuff that I have, all this stuff around me is for me to grow God's kingdom. How best can I use what God has entrusted me with to give a return on His vestment? So when the Master returns, when Jesus Christ comes back, you can say, look what I did with what You gave me, God. I was able to help these people. I was able to bring these people into the church. I was able to grow Your kingdom. And God can say, well done, good and faithful servant. Don't you want to hear that from Jesus? As opposed to, I buried it in the ground, God, and didn't do anything with it. And Jesus says, depart from me, you wicked servant. And it's all what we do with what God has entrusted us with. Our money, our time, our abilities, everything. So think about that and compound your joy in giving. Let's pray. Lord, we thank You that You have given us so much. We thank You that You have taught us It was a joy for you. For the joy set before you, you went to the cross. You gave your life because you knew it was an investment. And you wanted a return on your investment. Lord, help us to see that joy. Help us to understand that 
that all the things that this that our country's mindset says is wrong, that you know that giving money away is a stupid thing to do, that, that you're only going to be happy if you buy stuff. God help us to see your way of thinking and help us to understand true joy and true fulfillment and help us to be good managers of everything that you've given us. Lord, we love you and we're happy about you and we're happy to serve you. In your name we pray, Jesus. Amen.